Welcome to the A to Z Running Podcast, where we help runners thrive. I'm Andy. And I am Zach. And up next, world-class track runner Zuhair Talbi discusses what it takes to be among the best. And in the world of running, Stockholm Diamond League, marathon news, and more. You have questions, and we have answers, and we will answer them on air as long as you go to adzrunning.com slash question so that you can submit or share a thought with us. And please elaborate. We enjoy the context mm-hmm. because it helps us answer more clearly. As well, it makes for an even more interesting segment at the end of month Q&A episode that we will be doing soon. Mm-hmm. We had it last week, actually, and it was a lot of fun being able to answer your questions, your running questions, to help you thrive. That's the point. So we would love to connect with you on all the different platforms including Instagram, and I had written up this thing that uh, called for your answers to the question, something only a runner would understand. It's a good thing you don't run these things by me (laughs) ahead of time. It's not a question, but it's like, you know, you're going to share something only a runner would understand. And Ellie said, LOL, we are always leaving to go poop anywhere. (laughs) Nope. well, I yes, don't share that sentiment. I do. I do. Uh, always looking for a place to go. And then Laura wrote an easy 90-minute run. Why is why is that something only a runner would understand? That because an straightforward. easy 90-minute run. Like, 90 minutes is a long way to run. So It, it a is? Lot of people, yes. No, it's not. <laughs> All right, guys. You got to get after Zach for this. Beth said, sorry, I can't stay out too late tonight. I am getting up early for a long run tomorrow morning. Once again, why is that a strange thing? That's that's a very normal thing. That's Other people do other things, Zach. Like what? I know we go to bed, you know, like what? try to go to bed. What at is time. there to do at <laughs> night? It's night. And then Matt wrote, doing laps in front of your house to make a 4.9 mile route into a five mile one. Yeah. Wh- why would Why would you do that, Matt? You finished the Most run. Most people want to do back. that, including me. I want to end on something round. So, like, it has to either what? be the mile or the time. I like it to just be nice, you know, like like 50 minutes or one hour. I don't want, like, 59 minutes or Why? 5.9 miles. Like, I I like Sounds it fine. something, one thing to be round. Anyway, we digress. And John wrote, we are excited when we age up and get extra five minutes for the BQ time. And the extra wisdom that comes mm, with yes. those five years. Yes, very good. Haley wrote, waking up one to two hours early before a run to make sure you get a bathroom trip in. Well, that's important, but also um, because you, your body just feels better when you're running. That's you true. Have a little bit yeah, more time. A little so bit time, time all around up, a good strategy, mm-hmm. Haley. And a Kristen wrote, first breakfast, second breakfast, lunch, mid-afternoon lunch, dinner, second dinner, bedtime snack. Which no, that's a Lord of the Rings quote, and she actually got it slightly wrong because it's first breakfast, second this breakfast. This is her own. Oh, this she's just saying that about what she does. Lunch, which I think is very accurate, tea. Kristen. Very accurate. Dinner. We gotta have supper. multiple multiple meals in there. Totally agree with that. And then Rob wrote a second or third or fourth coffee after a run, especially those winter runs, right? And then Scott wrote fartlek. It is isn't about having intestinal gas. True. We have purpose for our do people like, usually think you're talking about gas i think you... people do giggle they think that it's they do yes they think it's a bodily function now i have to like. ask the question scott in what kind of casual conversation are you inserting the word fart <laughs> it probably says like i have to go do my fart like 
<laughs> I really think that's not a good idea yeah. in general. Got to do my run, maybe. Would, I, uh, unless you the have runs. the no, time to not, clarify. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for all engaging. That was very entertaining for all of us to read each other's comments. And there are just things that only runners really, truly understand. And one of those like things being hard. making sure we have all our things with us that we need in the long run, oh, like our transition. hydration. We are promoting the flip belt again this week because you can get a discount and it's very timely with all the summer running that everyone is doing right now, training possibly for some fall marathons and needing to bring hydration on the go. So the flip belt helps you bring those things with you like hydration and your phone and fuel in a belt that doesn't bounce, which I am super grateful for because I've had other belts in the past that really bounce and it's very annoying. So the flip belt has been a great tool in order to keep that that hydration where it needs to be and uh, Zach's actually been using it quite a bit because I, I you know I'm a little injured so we have two flip belts in the home but he snagged the newest one I just use both of them they're all his now at the same time sometimes <laughs> because you can never have too many places to put things mm, mm -hmm. yeah especially because today not to call him out on air but he went and got ice cream without that, us today when you're listening to this it was a day recently when i ran and he like went i didn't get ice cream without you i was <laughs> finishing my long run and passing an ice cream shop and realized that the sound of a chocolate malt at that moment was too good to pass up and because because i had my flip belt on and my phone in pocket I had a means of paying for that ice oh, cream. Oh, my word. So I stopped at the ice cream shop. I got myself a chocolate malt, and then I continued to run the rest of the way home while sipping the malt. I mean, doesn't that sound like a dream come true? It was amazing. And then he flaunted it in front of me and our two young boys. I flaunted nothing. I simply stated <laughs> a fact of why I was carrying an empty malt cup in my hand when I saw them on the driveway. Well, we have more exciting things to talk about here on the show today, so let's get to our main topic. This week on the A to Z Running Podcast, we hear from world-class runner Zuhair Telby, who goes to school in the U.S. and competes for Morocco. His journey grinding through lonely Kansas workouts and pushing through tough races, Zuhair shares his story of resilience and tells us to fight no matter what. What a line. What a quote. And his delivery is just so pristine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really great conversation. But before we get to it, a little bit about our guest, Zuhair Telby. He was a seven-time NAIA national champion for Oklahoma City, and he is the indoor 3,000 and 5,000 record holder. Well, Zuhair is a track distance specialist. He is also a sub four miler and has run 102 in the half marathon. So he has got quite the range. He was sixth place this year at the World Indoor Championships in the 3,000 meters representing Morocco. And he ran a new PR this spring in the 5,000 meter outdoors in 1324 at Hayward Field, where he will return for the 10K for the World Championships here very soon. Speaking of which he qualified with the world standard for the 10,000 with a time of 27 20.61. We're going to talk about that race in this episode. And he beat both Emmanuel Bohr and U.S. champion Joe Klecker in that race. It was a very strong race, and we're excited to see what he can do on the world stage. You've but got to hear him no, stick around through the interview. You've got to hear him talk about the world championships mm -hmm. and his thoughts about the upcoming event. Mm -hmm. 
Well, let's get to our conversation with Zuhair. Hi, Zuhair. Welcome to the A to Z Running Podcast. We are thrilled to have you on the show as longtime fans of yours. So thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you for having me. So before we started, we, we made the connection um, when we were just chatting a moment ago that we saw you race in person down in Austin, Texas about two years ago. And, um, it, and my, my impression I was sharing with you was we're watching the race and I'm seeing you out there and I'm thinking, I'm not quite sure who that is. And, you know, this guy's just laying it on in a pretty strong field of runners and, and really showing them up um, in, in a good way. And so I, I started thinking about this. I got to figure out who this guy is. So I started doing some research. I'm on my phone looking things up. And, uh, and, and it strikes me that this, this is the one that I've been hearing about from the NAIA, who's just kind of taking things by storm. And so we watched that race. And that was, that was a great race. You, you dominated well and truly, and it was a very strong run. Um, and from there, things have just continued to rocket forward, um, to some incredible heights. We'd love to, and that may not be the time, but we'd love to hear your kind of early stages of when did things really start to take off for you in running? When, when did you start competing at a very high level like this? Okay. So, uh, I came to United States in like I think 20, January, 2019, that's when I got here. But before I came here, I was like, uh, I started like as a talent in, in all my categories. When I started running, I was like in youth category. I, I, I like, I, I was the national champion. I run like, just to give you where I were like, uh, a 18, as a youth, eighteen in three k as a uh, as a youth category in in three thousand mirrors and uh, like in junior, I I went to the world championship cross country. I finished fourteenth in the world. So I I had that talent from a very young age, but of course nobody knows about me here because it's different <laughs> different countries and. Uh, I started running a little bit in France, uh, uh, so I was a little bit now and there uh, after my junior, like uh, at the age of uh, like 20, uh, 19, 18, 19, 20, uh, that I was, I was winning some races there. So most, mostly I was doing track, but uh right after that i did a jump to the road races uh where i start like running some half marathons like 10 kilometers but in i did a lot of traveling in this period that's when i realized that it's it's this is not gonna work for me as a person and as like what i really wanted because all the coaches all people that knows you as a runner, they always want you to uh, like succeed in, in running, like run fast times. But just traveling and reflecting by myself, I knew that I need at least a, a degree because you always in life, you have some bad days when you just think that running is not going to work for you. It's not going to like uh, give you any, like it's not going to feed you. <laughs> so you will have to like rely on something else. That's when... Uh, my idea start like to start looking 
for an opportunity. And I remember that I was receiving some emails from uh, universities here in the United States. So I uh, kind of stopped my uh, thinking about running too much. Of course, I'm running, like I keep running every day, but I was like, what I need to like get there. Like it was not like an easy uh, thing to do as like uh uh like as a for a foreign you have like to know english that's the first barrier you have to start learning i wasn't really uh after high school i wasn't really like uh good in english so i had to like start learning uh like some classes and and also like go through the eligibility and everything so uh, unfortunately, I, I tried in the NCAA and I was not eligible. That's why I mm-hmm. tried to go to NEIA because I didn't start the process really uh, early. I started a little bit like when I was 22 years old. So it was really the clock. Re- it wasn't in my side. So, uh, so that's, that's how uh, I get here. But I get here where I have 13, 29. So I already like have uh, some, I already like ha- have, so I run 62 in half marathon, 62.00. So I really have the, uh, I know what, what it takes to like run fast. I, I've been training hard. It's just, I took a different like path, which is go to classes every day, which it was not like, it was a shock for me because I was like, that previous years, like three or four years, I was not going to school. So I was just training as a pro. Then I had to call to go to school and just have full-time students. It was, it was a little bit like hard. So, but uh, the goals stay the goals. Even like your student, your, <laughs> your full-time worker, you, you gotta like uh, keep chasing those uh, goals. So that's what I did. And the first race uh, I run here, it was a, like a Portland track festival. I won the 10K in 28.02. And I remember I broke the, the meet record uh, of uh, Garden Rock. So that was like, that's when people, some people start knowing me. Uh, and I knew that uh, I'm, I'm more good in 10K. So that, that, that year, uh, because... I uh, sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm taking it long, but I'm just trying to give you where I <laughs> start. And so I went to a junior college for a year and a half. So, but the program was really uh, uh, hard. It was not helping me as uh, distance runners because we didn't have a distance coach. So I was doing everything by myself, and it was it was just hard time uh, to keep. Uh, motivated so I have like to dig to find the motivation you know the extrinsic motivation that you need as a runner because you want a PR but the, 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 the reality is different because it's everyday training morning workout you're by, by yourself in the track even like I didn't have a group so I was by myself <laughs> so sometimes I have uh uh, four, 420 times and then my, by myself in the track and in Kansas it was windy so you have to chase <laughs> so you have like to deal with that 
and you don't know if you're in shape or not because you're sometimes you don't you're not hitting the the times you wanted so like uh it's just mentally it was tough but the the transition was uh was good when i get to oklahoma city and that's when i find like a big group and i find like a distance coach has a lot of experience and it made my coming from uh where i were to like that i felt like a big difference because i don't have to like worry about the workout or the long runs or uh so i find a lot of help and uh immediately uh like things start to click because i already like some somebody is hungry of of that training of the job so i started hitting a lot of mileage like i was like hitting like around 90 miles a week that's an average like and there was like doing um all my long runs and i keep like uh doing the the small thing i do all the time like strength workout like stretching so i keep myself healthy for a long time so in february i was i was already like seven amount of of consistent uh good training so i was like that day i was i have um in austin i was like if if it's not that humid and uh the race was was good was fast it was I was able to run some 2730 that's that's the what I get from that race I was like I think um I'm ready to do something big so from that time I was like I need to chase the the, the Olympic standard that, that year uh which I end up doing it in the same year uh so yeah that's a little bit of just my story <laughs> That's incredible. It's incredible. And, yeah. and so you, you did say Zuhair that, and this happens quite a bit where, um, you know, for a lot of people, it was a surprise when, when you started racing in the United States because they hadn't followed your career previously. Um, but for you, in some ways, it was kind of like proving the experience you've already demonstrated in other instances, you know, in, in the youth categories, as well as, as you were coming up through, um, entering the senior category too. Uh, continuing to perform at a very high level um, and having to almost kind of prove yourself again in a new market. You know, once you're in the States and you're competing there and people hadn't known you before um, that period of time, at, like in the junior college experience where things weren't quite ideal and it was a more challenging time. How do you, how do you stay motivated when, you know, that's a, you said about a year and a half where it, it's not what you hoped it would be or at least the the kind of support wasn't the same as what you would like to have a team like you said a team where everyone's kind of doing the things with you you're doing a lot of it by yourself instead how did you stay on track through that period uh so you know it's funny because before i came here i always like follow a lot of guys which which is true because if you're in a big D1 schools you will have all that support and and so it's like uh, being in Morocco I was with Moroccan team which we have like we have some support which is good like you have coaches you have uh, runners but that's not much my goal like it I have to be in school and have to follow that so being there, I didn't have anything, but I stick with the goal of like school. 
like no matter what happened, I have to finish that degree because uh, I can't I can't go back until I achieve that goal. So I think that motivation of different like uh, than running, just being in school, motivating me to stay like to not give up like because it's uh it's, sometimes you just like give up because <laughs> you're like well that's that's getting hard like even racing even like uh so uh, for in running i just i just felt like uh i built some some friendship through my years like i have some like my best friend is a, is a very good uh runner uh, right now, he, he he finished 11th in the last Olympic Games. He finished second in in uh, in uh, in the New York Marathon. Uh, his name is Rida El Arabi. So I, I've been talking most mostly with uh, my friend, and he was like, he was giving me some tips, some just some advice. Sometimes you just want somebody to talk to. Uh, probably like he tell me his workout, like oh we have done this. Uh, I have done this. Just keeping uh, talking about running, uh, like watching videos online, like uh, probably like just documentaries about like a runner. Just trying to be engaged in running because you don't want to like just be uh, too much in school, like thinking about school. Uh, you just want to like keep yourself uh, more evaded. But most mostly when when I talk with my friend about running and he's like, oh, I'm racing in two weeks. I'm doing this workout. He if he tell me the split, I will like try to like get closer to the split. Like that's <laughs> that's when he gave me when he tell me the split. I say like, oh my uh, uh, my K repeat we're in uh, two forty or something. I was like mine are in two fifty. I should get to that level so i don't know so sometimes like just hearing the splits that like, you get motivated to go uh chasing those uh times mm. that's that, that's key and that's really <laughs> important because you know a friend like that where you, so you can still do that even though you're not training together you're not doing those things at the same time but you're still able to share those experiences mm -hmm. in in that way at least so now you you said, um, you know, thinking about like sometimes watching videos of runners or running documentaries or races, I'm curious, do you have a favorite race that you like to watch to help inspire oh, yeah. or? Oh yeah. Uh, two, 2004, uh, the Olympics games, Hisham Ilgarouj, when he won, uh, like, uh, the, the 1500 and the five and 5k. So yeah. just, uh, for him, he was, really uh like he wanted the he had he had everything like the every like middle distance record and he won a lot of four championships but never won like a gold medal so he'd be, he been chasing that for a, for a long time so for him uh, in the last stretch with bernard lagarde he was almost like losing the uh, the medal and just the winning mentality that you come back and you win just with a few mirrors. That was like really inspiring. I watched that race like 50 times or something. That was, uh, that's my favorite race for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I love that race. Well, uh, the both of them, uh, that Olympics, yeah. he, he just, 
it, you know, he, he did the thing that, every, and you just said it, like everyone was talking about all these years of world records and just, he, he could race anybody, he could beat anybody, but he, but there was just that one thing missing. And then in, in that one Olympics series, he proved beyond all doubt that there was nobody like him. It was, it was so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We, we left off on when you were sharing your story with May 14, 2021, mm. which I think is a pretty epic race. And I know that our audience would like to hear about it too. That was the one that you ran uh, sound running track me into 2021 when you ran 27, uh, 20. Could you talk us through that race? Cause that's a really exciting race. Well, okay. So, uh, as I said, in February, I, I already knew that, okay, I, I'm hitting some, uh, like some split or training been good. Like I've been healthy for a long time. So I've been like doing a lot of good workouts and even people around me, coach or like my teammate, they were like, this is not like a normal level. This is, this is like you got to be with those guys. Even like I get a lot of motivation from uh, my friends and uh, that uh, it was funny because I was like with the guys that one, one word I was repeating that before a race, it was like all or nothing, which means I will go, I will put myself in the race. I will do something good or I'm going to like give up or something. So just the mentality before race was like, I'm going to, do something that day uh, and and the race was perfect like we had pacemakers for like almost 7k which uh, which right now I, I, I it's hard to find like even those conditions uh, I run sound running again this year and those conditions were really perfect that day uh, we, we we've been like consistent in the same pace in a 10k that's what you want you don't want to like go uh, like uh, hit like a fast uh, split then go slow you want just that consistent one so the pace did a very good job uh, that day and as i said like when you wanna when you know that uh, you will do good is like the, the first 5k was like i remember 13 it was 13 44 or 43 and i didn't feel anything like i felt like i'm still uh, I'm still fresh to like uh, do something. So that's why the last, my last 800 was like, uh, I think sub two minutes, I was like 159. So I was like, <laughs> I pushed the race in the last 800 because I felt like I still have more on me. So it was, it was incredible. It was like that. It's just that, that reward of all the, the year of training. It's just, mm -hmm. it just, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And that last 400 was 59 seconds and uh, yeah. you were beating Emmanuel Bohr and Joe Clucker in the finish there. That's just, just yeah. sticking it uh, to some of the, some <laughs> of the strongest in the area, which is just so great. That was such a race. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I just felt like, uh, everybody, uh, need like a start where he got like the, his name and I felt like uh, those races that's when people start like knowing because I didn't run the like the NCAA most runners they're known because they won like a title in the NCAA or like but uh, for me it was like I have to win the pro field so I 
people can can know me. I I was aware of that, and I that's how uh, I put my name there. And uh, hopefully, that's only the start, and I will chase more <laughs> more goals. Yeah, right on. Absolutely, and we certainly hope so too. Um, I do want to I I want to ask you because. Uh, no runner has been able to experience running for terribly long before they have bad days and disappointing experiences. You know, that certainly the races don't go as planned all the time, or, you know, we do all the work leading up to a major moment and then it doesn't come together for some reason. Uh, have you had, well, uh, what have been some of the major disappointments? How do you handle those moments when things aren't going well? Well, so uh, I think I think always always coming to race you have like a goal, but always I think in deep in my mind I put like a if it's an A goal or like first goal you have like a second goal where like if it's a bad day you wanna like at least come back with for example my last race I was really training uh, like um, I had like a lot of volume then i started like doing a lot of uh, speed workouts so i was really fit to run like a fast 5k and my goal was like run to run like sub below 13 but it just then i was in a race where the dynamic was not really uh ideal for a fast time for me uh it was like uh it was like set up for a war rocker attempt which end up like uh going the first kilometer in 2.30 and everybody followed that pace. I ended up running uh, the first game 2.33, which which is not good. I, I need to be like in 2.37 or 38 to keep the uh, legs fresh for a long time. I end up like after 2K really uh, just feeling not good like the whole time, just trying to survive and, and finish the race. But I ended up running uh, outdoor PR. <laughs> so I was like, at the end, you're like, uh, it, it's okay because uh, you have more opportunities coming. Probably like you've been really shooting for that race uh, and you want it. But I think there is other opportunities that you can surprise yourself and surprise other people uh, because everything you trained it's not going to go away. It's there. <laughs> it's just you need to do another build-up next time and and uh, and try to do it again. That's I, I felt like uh, at the end, that's how running is. Like, you're not always going to, like, run fast or win. Sometimes you not have it. And I think you just need to not forget that you've been training so hard and you have a lot of... Uh, training on you and probably that day you, you were sick you were there's a lot of things can happen and you just mm. you just need to uh know what's what what what's caused you for me in my case i was like probably uh not like fresh uh to the race probably my last workout was uh like six days before and i was thinking maybe that's lead some of uh like some 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 of the fatigue in my legs plus the race was fast in the first uh like mile so 
probably in other people cases they may like think if it's the weather you gotta find what it is and try to not uh, uh, you know do the same <laughs> like mistakes in, in the next time and uh, that's that's how I think like just just move on and and uh, don't do the same mistake <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's really good advice <laughs> so I would love to know how do you battle when you're in a race and you're starting to feel the fatigue early on? Cause I think that a lot of us can resonate. We're in a race and we're not feeling as zippy or fresh as we want to. How do you engage in the battle to still find out what is the best for the day and not let those negative thoughts creep in? Uh yeah, you're right. Sometimes you get those uh, negative thoughts where you just want to give up. Uh, but I just felt like if you if you feel like if you abandon the race, like you don't finish the race, is you don't want to have that in you because it's gonna start like a segment where you, every race you're you're scared or you just want to fight no matter what. So you just, I, I felt like if you're shooting for like. Uh, in your mind like a pace and you don't have it you may want to like slow down a little bit and just try to like fight on that pace and and I felt like I break the race into like I don't know like I'm in 3k right now I just need to get to the 4k just just fighting the whole the whole time and if you find some group next to you and I was like just trying to like probably like uh, stick with some guys and or try if they're slow a little bit I have to pass them I just engage my mind the whole time to not like slow down immediately like uh, dramatically so I just like try to uh, keep my legs moving the whole time otherwise Mm -hmm. I will like you will slow or start like thinking uh it's just, I felt like it's fighting. <laughs> you got to fight until the, uh, the finish line. That's, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I really truly think, and I know it sounds cheesy and cliche, but that is how champions are made. Because <laughs> if someone has easy days all the time where they feel on, then they're never tested in their mind and in their character to battle it out. So then when the day comes and they are feeling good, that extra amount of perseverance and strength will help them even achieve more than they would have if they always had days that were on days, as people say. So mm-hmm. I really I really appreciate reading that in your recaps on your Instagram, because I think that it's important for us to realize like how much can be discovered even on days that we're not feeling like everything clicks. So my, uh, my uh, last question on my mind at the moment, Zuhair, is you've got some exciting times ahead and certainly some challenges in front of you. And I'm just curious, what, uh, what, what are the, the difficult moments you're anticipating in the racing you're going to be doing up ahead? And what are you doing to prepare yourself so you can overcome and be successful? So... Uh... Right now, um, I'm preparing myself for the World Championship. I'm going to run the 10,000 mares. Uh, and I just feel like right now I'm in Colorado Springs uh, in high altitude training. 
So I just, uh, I I have that, uh, I say a plan or maybe like, uh, yeah, probably like a plan that I had before, when I was in school. I was like, okay, I need to give uh, running a shot and just focus more and just like, uh, just use every uh, uh, tool that I can, I can have like altitude, like recovery, like uh, just give more time to anything that can improve my performance. So, and just try to have a consistent workout and uh, and see how, <laughs> how can I, uh, what I can do uh, with, uh, just give it a good shot. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm, I'm doing now. Does it, uh, does it make you nervous at all when you see some of these Ethiopians and uh, the American and the Canadian recently, these guys running under 27 minutes and, and you know, obviously they're, you know, they're running in these races that are paced really perfectly, that have, they have perfect conditions. Does it, does it exactly. make you nervous or what do you think about exactly. that? Exactly. That's, that's what I want to say, because I experienced that myself. Like if you, if you ask me if, I, when I run 2720, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people now will say that's probably like insane. That's impossible. I run it myself and they know that it's possible. And so even now when I hear like, okay, sub 27, probably that's a huge or fast time. But I think if everything's set up perfectly, you know, the pacer, like good weather, I, 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 I think I can do it because other you see those guys in championship races where they run like i don't know 27 30 so it's not always it's not always they will run like 26 uh 40 or 27 <laughs> or 26 50 some, some some something like fast uh the like the race needs to set up for that time and i still believe that if uh a race here up for me in those spaces I may end up doing the same thing so in championship races I'm not gonna be putting the times uh, honestly in my mind I will like think that okay I have uh, you know I have the cake as well I, I can have a good day that day and I will like have the legs fresh and they I will fight until like I, I still think I can do something good based on uh, on my training. And also I had the experience this uh, uh, spring in, um, in uh, the, the indoor world championship where I run the 3000 and I qualified to the final. I finished sixth in the final and I was with everybody until the last 200 meters, which if you ask me, I don't know, again, a year before, say, why oh, are you going to be like finalist and finish with them in the, I'll be like, probably not, but it's just like, until you experience those moments and you know that it's possible. So the times, you won't scare you that much. You will think that uh, in a championship race, everything can, can be, uh, can be different. <laughs> You know, some people like it comes to the the last lap. Uh, some people just don't have it. Even they have the fastest time in the in the, in the field. So they won't scare me. <laughs> if the Ethiopians watch me now or the Kenyans, you guys know you won't scare me. I will fight. <laughs> <laughs> 
You will. You will. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Zuhair, we have so appreciated your time and your attention to the sport of running, you know, over the years, certainly, but being willing to share that in your experiences here with our audience mm-hmm. today. Um, we're looking forward to seeing, you know, we followed you with interests thus far, and it's just been so exciting. And we know that things don't always go, you know, as we hope. Um, but at the same time, you've got such great positive momentum right now and mm-hmm. coming into a great summer. And so we're, we're rooting for you. We're excited for what that may be and looking forward to watching. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Well, if you didn't notice, I was very excited during that conversation. <laughs> And, and for many reasons, but there's, there's a little bit of a combination of great things in a conversation like that. The first is for Zuhair to be willing to kind of share like his thoughts about the things that are happening and not just that in the past, but upcoming, which, you know, not everyone wants to engage at that level. Um, it can be a little nerve wracking and you don't want to, you know, call the shots before you see him and such. Uh, but for his willingness to do that, that was really exciting, but also then just some nostalgia too mm. and uh, reminiscing about some incredible track races over the years. And it, it was good times. It was good mm-hmm. times. Thank you, Zuhair Talbi, for sharing your thoughts with us. Mm-hmm. And good luck to you in the upcoming World Championships. Very much so. We'll be watching and we're very thrilled to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Now let's get to the world of running. A quick update before we begin from the A to Z runners who ran recently, Madeline and Mike, congrats on running a 5K. Bill, congrats on third overall and a first age group in a 5K. And Jacob, another 5K and a strong effort, very nearly personal best time. And finally getting an accurate course after many 5Ks that weren't so accurate. So that's great. Nice work, Jacob. It'll be there. It'll be there very soon. Now, let's talk about the Diamond League Mm -hmm. in Stockholm. So this one being the, I believe, one of the last, is it the last or one of the last before the World Championships? Um, I think it's the last one before World Championships, but I could be wrong now that I'm not remembering. So they've basically set the World Championships teams for most countries by this point. And as a consequence, a lot of those runners are not trying to do anything crazy right now. They're kind of chillaxing before the big dance, if you will, because it's only like two weeks away. But there were still some good races and it was still quite exciting. You can watch the entire, well, not the entire meet, but you can watch the full Diamond League coverage from BBC if you want to jump on A2ZRunning.com with this episode. We've got the link right there mm-hmm. for you. Now, the men's 800 was mm-hmm. one of those interesting and exciting races. It was, for many, supposed to be a chance to kind of see where the returning Olympic gold and silver medalists, Kenya's Emmanuel Career and Ferguson Rodich, where those guys are at. Well, interestingly enough, they did not look sharp. Not to say they can't still come world championships, but um, it was interesting to see that the the flair wasn't there that you might expect from their certainly great performances over the years. So we'll see. We'll see how the next couple of years. And as a consequence, the race kind of, uh, it was like an any man's day. And it was interesting to see kind of how it was unfolding in the last 100 meters. Everyone was scrambling and it was crazy. Yeah. Um, now that said, that also kind of lends itself to wanting to watch some of those 800 meter runners who have some great momentum at the moment coming into world championships. Don't forget about great Britain's youngster, Max Bergen and, uh, Bryce Hopple of the United States has been looking strong lately Mm -hmm. too. So Mm -hmm. among others, but let's look at 
the 3,000 now <laughs> in the men's side. Sudanese refugee Dominic Labalu. Labalu. Labalu took the race by storm, and he ran a 7.29. Both an incredible PR and the fastest time run by any in the refugee team program. So he, being South Sudanese, um, is running for the, I can't remember the full, it's ART, but it's the refugee team. And this is a pretty common thing where you have a country that can't, they can't recognize their athletes or the athletes won't be recognized by the country. There's a lot of different reasons, but um, he runs for the refugee program. And as a result, he doesn't set national records, which is unfortunate because it would have been like a 22nd Sudanese national record. That's huge. Yes. Um, But at the very least, certainly a great performance. And what made it especially impressive was his blazing final kick, which Mm. bodes well for things like world championship type stuff, um, especially when he's out kicking the likes of Stewie McSwain of Australia and Jacob Kipolimo of Uganda. Mm -hmm. It was a stacked field. Stacked. It was a big race. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because Jacob Kiplimo looked great and that's good because he has not been racing on the track hardly at all. He set the world record in the half marathon, if you recall, back in November. Um, nothing like, you know, running 57 minutes and 31 seconds. <laughs> oh, man. So he did that, uh, but he's been on the roads more than the track for yeah. most of his career. And uh, this season was no exception to that. Uh, but he did score that bronze medal in the Olympics last year. And so we'll see now clearly looking like he's in good track form again. And he was leading in the last lap, wasn't he? He took charge yeah. in what what amounted to a classic, like blaze the final lap and take the race. But Lobalu had a better last hundred and took him mm-hmm. down at that point. Um, but I think personally, one of the things that was the most interesting to me about that entire race was Stewie McSwain of Australia finally back in top form and that was surprising to me because i wasn't following very closely his season and as it turns out he had a bad bout with one of those covid vaccines that caused the heart problems and it was it knocked him out for some time to the point where he said in in an interview i don't know if it's before or after the race but he said he wasn't sure he would ever actually be able to do it again which is very frightening Mm -hmm. for someone at his level especially uh but this was really good looking. Yeah. He looked strong and he could have done anything. You know, he was only a few seconds off his PR. So like looked great and his best possible form. He just didn't have that crazy final kick that those other guys did. Right, right. So he that's, was that's after the pace pacers dropped. He was in the front, though, for a bit there until Jacob Kiplimo. Yep. Classic over. Stewie pushing yeah. the pace all the pushing way. Pushing the pace. Yep. That was really good to see. And we had a national record, Zach. And in sixth place, Louis Grijalva. Grijalva? Grijalva. Um, I never know how to say his name. He, he ran for Northern Arizona University and just was was a stud there. Uh, but he's Guatemalan. And so as a result, he set a new Guatemalan national record in 738. Also a personal best for him. No surprise oh, that's there. awesome. Yes. Very much so. Women's 800, Kenya's rising star, Mary Mora, upset Great Britain's Olympic silver medalist that we've been talking about on air nonstop, Keely Hodgkinson. Mm. So there is going to be an epic showdown at the World Championships. There is no doubt. There are so many amazing uh, 800 meter women right now in the world. Yeah, five women total have run under 158 this season, which is, that's good. That's not incredible, um, but it certainly doesn't get much better than that most of the time in a regular season. And of those five, Mary Mora of Kenya has done it twice, 
two or three. She's run under 158 multiple times. So has Ating Mo. And Keely Hodgkinson has either been under 158 multiple times or very nearly on one, under 158 multiple times. So, like, these women aren't just running a, a fast time here and there. They're racing really well. And you saw a thing, Mo, and the U.S. champs get a scare from Ajay Wilson. And Raven Rogers is always good for a championship race. So, like, these things are awesome. We're really excited mm -hmm. to see how that race goes. Mm -hmm. That's probably Andy's favorite race. I love that race, yeah. Well, the women's 3000 steeple was also an interesting one because you had some not not crazy fast times, but uh, a very strong performance from Jay Daisy Jep Jepkame from Kazakhstan, previously of Kenya, now Kazakhstani. And she won a comfortable race, but right behind her, Alice Finot of France oh, yeah. came on strong and late and ended up running a new French national record. Mm-hmm. 9.19. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, also in fourth, Natalia Strepkova, Strepkova of Ukraine set a new national record as well. 9.24. Speaking of excitement for the upcoming world championships from all these performances, the U.S. is going to be sending Kira D'Amato instead of Molly Seidel because Molly Seidel had to withdraw. She has a stress reaction in her sacrum. So sad mm. news there, but we quite possibly have the best alternate ever that's <laughs> that that is true when you have the alternate pulled in for the world championships who also happens to hold the national record in the event mm -hmm. set earlier that year you're not really that worried in terms of performance potential you're thinking okay we, we lost a, a gem for yeah. sure in molly seidel i mean olympic medalist so you lose something good there when she can't perform but at the same time You've got it's another who could also yeah. <laughs> potentially medal. So yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah. So Emma Bates and Sarah Hall are who Kira D'Amato will be joining as part of Team USA for the World Championships. And for the men, who do we have, Zach? Oh, on the men's side, certainly Galen Rupp is performing once again. And many have said, you know, he hasn't looked stellar this season. He's run a couple kind of like exhibition types of things. He doesn't really he run never, many races. Yeah, and he never like looks the way cards. during the season, the way he's going to at the championship yeah, event. Yeah. So I'm not super worried about that. I don't think Galen Rupp is at the best possible top of his game at this moment in time. Um, but he's he's great. So we're not worried. Elkana Kibet as well as Colin Mikau are the other two also, mm -hmm. I raced Colin not terribly long ago in a half marathon, and I'm running next to him, and I'm thinking, this guy is not breathing hard, and I'm, like, doing everything I can, and we're maybe, like, around mile nine at that point, and that's when he started running away from me, and I thought to myself, I got to look up his name, because he is definitely <laughs> more than what I thought when what I was coming into this was race. This? Uh, it was, like, Quad Cities half marathon okay, gotcha. a couple years back. Yeah, good times. Kira D'Amato told Runner's World, everything I've been working for my whole life is to make a U.S. team to be able to wear red, white, and blue and a Team USA jersey. I would regret it the rest of my life not saying yes to an opportunity like this. Are you kidding me? Mm. So I wanted to just uh, hype everyone up for this dream that many people have to represent their countries at world championships. And <laughs> what an amazing, amazing experience that must be to know that you are being chosen by your country to compete at the highest level. And some might find that response a little bit strange. 
Like, well, duh, of course she would say yes. But but that's actually not the case in the marathon. You actually rarely get your A-listers across the board running the world championships. And it's for simple reasons. Because in the world championships, your potential to make money is very low. Whereas those same runners can go to a world marathon majors and make tons of money just for showing up mm. appearance fee-wise. So they're, they're losing out on a potentially massive payday a lot of the time when they run the world championships. And so you get a kind of like an interesting balance of some years they will, other years they won't, depending on what opportunities are there. And you know, as a marathoner, you're only as good as the moment someone's willing to pay you money in mm. terms of like this world-class scene because you never know what's going to happen next. And so if someone's offering you a check to show up at a race, these these runners, yeah. generally they'd take it. So that is potentially a sacrifice. And that's that's why that response kind of sounds that way, that flavor of like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But of course she is. And we're very yep. excited. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fast marathon runners we have on the women's side in the USA, Lindsay Flanagan ran a 224.45 wow. for yet another PR. We just had her on the podcast not too long ago, just a few weeks. So make sure you check out that episode. But she was the overall female winner and she broke the course record at the Gold Coast Marathon in Queensland, Australia. Sounds awesome. Yes. The previous record was to 2449 so she booked it in she ran a 40 for her last 200 which so she had to turn it on she was she was suffering in this race she was suffering yeah. and to be able to close it strong like that she i mean she barely got that record there so i'm really glad that she was able to turn it on and get that final kick going to earn herself the course record. And she's the first American to ever win the Gold Coast Marathon for the men or the women. So okay. I thought that was kind of cool. That is. Yeah. That is yeah. Cool. And I'm sure she made her coach proud. He's from Australia too. So oh, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Especially. <laughs> yep. Good. Bonus round because naturally when there are impressive national records, we like to try to cover them yeah. regardless of whether it was at one of these big races or not. So this was then Jessica Hall of mm -hmm. Australia doing what she does, which is breaking national records yep. for Australia. <laughs> Seems to be a commonplace thing for her. How many? Uh, seven. Seven. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And, and this in particular was on July 2nd. Jessica Hall ran 419 at the UAC mile. Mm-hmm. 419. Yes. The Holy previous smokes. record was 421. So she crushed it. And our dear U.S. champion in the our event, Sinclair <laughs> Johnson, she paced her teammate, Jessica Hall. Uh, they're from different countries, but they're on the same team. They trained together. So good. that was kind of cool to see her out there doing that. She did about three laps of it, I think, and then dropped out. But uh, yeah, we're excited to see what Sinclair Johnson can do at the World Championships well. Well, they get to race each other, too, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Hull's running the 1500s. I'd be surprised if she wasn't. Uh, she could run any of the events, so it's it's always oh, a question of which one which, which she chooses one will to do. Hall do? <laughs> Usually, it's fifteen hundred and or five k. So if you want we'll to watch see. it, we have the link to it. We also have the link to Lindsay Flanagan's marathon for the Gold Coast Marathon in Queensland, and we have the full Diamond League. So Lots if you are looking to to, watch. Uh, to prime your taste for good competition for the World Championships, you can get going with some of these some of these meets beforehand and and get yourself excited to see what will happen mm. when the world's best comes together that is it and thinking about getting excited when the right people come together 
If you find yourself in this moment in need of something more, whether it's support in your efforts or just an answer to a question, certainly submit your questions, adzrunning.com slash question, and we'll get right on it. We'll put them in the episode at the end of the month when we do that as well. But if that's not enough, look for the word coaching at adzrunning.com and you may find a service that could help further your goals at this time. And many of you are looking at fall marathons and this would be a good time to Don't get, wait. Don't wait. Uh, the training should begin now for your fall marathon. So feel free to reach out and just see if it would be a good fit. That's a great soft sell. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. We loved having Zuhair Talbi on the show today. We wish him all the best in the World Championships, and we'll talk to you all next week.